Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to another amazing segment on GEMS Podcast. For those of you that are new, thank you so much for joining the community. For those of you that are seasoned, welcome back. Today with me is Hannah Lyon, and you already know me. It's your girl, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp, the founder and host. But let me tell you more about my guest, Hannah Lyon, because y'all, this is a woman on a mission. So, Hannah R. Lyon is a professional editor who has assisted dozens of authors in both fiction and nonfiction, polishing their manuscripts to perfection for successful publication. Over the last six years, her quality editing has led to books being featured on the number one bestsellers list, both nationally and internationally. She is president of the Disappropriate wordsmith group where she mentors other writers in critique lessons and goal settings for their individual literary projects hannah is a guest speak, a guest expert on the topics of writing and editing at virtual and in-person conferences and writers retreat she lives with her husband in salt lake city utah in an old brick house they remodel by hand to create their own little castle Her free time consists of indulging in story-driven video games, listening to and collecting classic rock and roll vinyl, and raising her two elven spritz of daughters. I don't know why that's hilarious, but without further ado, let's see why Hannah does what she does. Welcome, Hannah Lyon. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. So, Hannah, before we uh, jump into our um, connection part of the segment, how, why do you say your two daughters, why do you describe them as that? Uh, To me, they are very unique little girls. They're three and they're one right now, Um, but they have very sprite-like qualities where they're very observant. They're very high energy. They have these big, bright, bright blue eyes. And so I've had people telling me over the last couple of years, they just look like little elves, little fairies. And so um, because I have a lot of castle analogies and fantasy authors I work with, I just put that in there for fun to get a laugh out of people. People and it worked, so I'm happy. Because <laughs> I was like, Elvin Sprite? I was like, I've never heard that. So amazing. So now let's uh, do the connection part of the segment where I want you to be able to connect with the audience in a fun and personal manner. So there are two options you could choose from, either an icebreaker or a rapid fire 10 question game. What are you in the mood for? Ooh, let's do the rapid fire. That sounds like fun. Okay. Here we go. We're playing rapid fire with Hannah and Genesis. Do, 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 do. Question number one. What's one thing you enjoy about motherhood? Um, being able to read books to my kids that I read growing up. Question two, favorite color? Purple. Question three. What is your drink of choice? Coffee, tea, or maybe something else like an adult beverage or just something that just picks you up? 
Oh, definitely a good Merlot. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> Question four. Would you rather a dream car, dream home, or hell, let's go big and have both? <laughs> I would definitely take the home because I already have my favorite car. <laughs> What's your favorite car then? I love my Toyota 4Runner because it's perfect for traveling, seeing the world, camping, and there's perfect room for two kids and two adults. So, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Question five, since you like castles and et cetera, are you more of a medieval times? If you've been to medieval times or are you more like a Disneyland, Disney World type of castle goer? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I would say right now it's shifted to Disney because of the two little girls in my house where there's constant Disney castles and music, and I'm trying to plan the best time to take them to see a Disney castle. Amazing. So you said there are three and five, right? Three and one. Oh, three and one. Okay. Oh my gosh. I'm trying to put you ahead of the curve. Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) So some advice that I've heard from some of my Disney fanatic friends who, I mean, they go like five times a year or more is whenever there's young, you should do Disneyland because they're smaller. Okay. And the park is smaller. If you do Disney world, make sure they're both walking. So you're not carrying Mm -hmm. around like a child in a packed park and they could actually enjoy it and they could remember it. Um, Mm -hmm. I've only been to Disney once and my crazy story is my husband and I went as big adults so uh pre-pandemic and we did three parks in half a day and I would not recommend that to anyone he and we drove in between each park because he was there for work I was there for fun Mm -hmm. and the crazy thing is when he was driving I was literally doing the fast passes in the car and we were like getting off one ride running to another so if you do plan a Disney trip you definitely have to work out the logistics so you can enjoy it to the max because some of the lines are crazy and I definitely recommend a fast pass oh thank you yes it's it's been many many years since I've been when I was much younger so I'm sure it's changed a lot so thank you My pleasure. And we're on six, right? Yes. Okay. So question six, um, you're married. What is one piece of marriage advice you wish someone would have told you early on? Uh, that finding a balance between the things you need together and the things that you just want to do together is really important. That's what I would say. Question seven, how does Hannah get her self-care in? I am a Peloton addict. So whenever I have time, um, I love to be able to go and ride my bike, um, do strength training classes, do yoga classes, meditation, all of that on, on my Peloton app. And just in my, my private little space in my basement, that is how I can de-stress process all the stories I'm working on. That's, that's my happy place. (laughs) Question eight, what was one of your most exciting stories to work on? Um, actually one that I had launched about uh, a month ago. We hit international bestseller in four different countries, um, and it is called Divine Turbulence. It is a memoir of an incredible man named Gary Lee Price, and it took about five years um, with COVID and other things that happened to be able to get the book done, but um, I feel like it's a pretty big game changer, and it was, it was an honor to be able to work on a, a memoir like that with somebody. Congratulations. Question nine. 
is there a particular person that you would love to work with in the literary space? Oh, yes. Um, I would love a chance to work with some of my favorite fantasy authors who are in the top five publishers at the moment. Um, I think they have good editors, but I'm feeling that, you know, I could bring something unique to the table to help them. So if they ever had an opening, I would go right over to a couple of my my top fantasy authors in the modern fantasy world and say, hey, let's let's work together. <laughs> Okie dokie. So are you ready for what's next? It is a challenge to that. Sure, let's do it. So the challenge is, since you would love to work with some of those people, I want you to pick one of the persons and I want you to reach out with, to them. I'm gonna give you two weeks to complete this challenge. And once you reach out, uh, send me a screenshot so I know you reached out. So tell them why you feel compelled to work with them, how you can add value to them, how they can add value to you, how you could create synergies and kind of give them your marketing kit and et cetera. And then see if we could take that dream wish and turn it into reality. Because oh, I love that. <laughs> what you're doing is shooting your shot because right now you have nothing to lose. Right. Okay. I can't argue with that. I love it. <laughs> Do you accept the challenge? Sure. Yes. <laughs> so audience, you know what that means. We have to be Hannah's accountability partner. She accepted the challenge to reach out to one of the people that she admires that she would like to work with in the literary space. She has two weeks to complete the challenge and she must send us a screenshot. So if you see Hannah in the online, the metaverse, slide in her DMs and say, Hannah, how's that challenge going? So we can hold her accountable. And question 10, it is our pass or play question. And here are the rules. If you pass, our rules are reversed. So you will ask me a question, Hannah. If you choose to play, I ask one last question to wrap up rapid fire. So do you want to pass or play? Let's play. Okay, last question. If you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? It would be the ability to type with my mind. <laughs> so I could hold a baby or mow the lawn or pull weeds or ride a bike and at the same time be able to work on writing or editing because that would be one of the coolest things that would work for me. <laughs> And thank you for playing rapid fire. When you said that, I literally almost spit my tea out on camera because no one else had said that. I figured I'd go for something unique. Yeah. Amazing. So thank you for playing rapid fire. That concludes the connection part of the segment. Now let's jump into the main part of the segment, editing and writing, which is your jam. So Hannah, Tell us how you got involved in the work that you're doing. And in order to do that, you have to give us a little bit of your background story. So you can do the cliff notes or give us a synopsis of who Hannah is and why you're so passionate about the work that you're doing. Sure. Yeah. Um, like most creative people, um, especially a lot of writers, I started out by being an avid reader. So I read a lot um, growing up. I loved the idea that you could escape into books, you could get therapy from books, you could be inspired or educated. Um, but then what really got into my heart and my mind was I wanted to know the inner workings, the details behind how you took an idea and turned a book into something that's a legacy, something that lasts forever, even beyond 
around when the author is gone, right? So uh, that's when I decided to get into the editing world and seeing what it took to be able to walk with an author um, with those ideas of theirs and really polish up what they have as their partner and turn it into something that they're able to share with the world and be really proud of. So that, um, that has been where I came from and that's kind of the goal that I go for now. I love that. So your love for reading. So just getting involved in other stories and seeing the literary works and then um, that led you to wanting to create um, and embrace your creativity and help others find their creativity to to just put their content out in the world and just encourage them that, you know, they could be free, they could help others, they could liberate and etc. Absolutely. So um, in the literary world, there are many different avenues to go down, and you chose specifically editing as one of your primary, and I know you do some ghostwriting here and there, and marketing, which is not your forte, but whenever you saw the literary world as a whole, how did you decide on what your niche was going to be? I actually found that it was um, a gift that I had, um, just the way that my brain worked. Um, when I looked at writing, when I was reading something, um, when I was trying to to write things on my own, um, my brain was able to look at that and kind of shift it into something that would be better. How could this be deeper? How could this be more meaningful? You know, or what do I not necessarily need? What can I get rid of to make room for something better? That's another huge part of editing. So um, I found that it was just a, a gift that I had, a talent that I had, and I just kind of ran with it and honed it as a skill. And um, what really helps is um, it's something that I love. It just gives me a lot of joy. And so I'm lucky enough that my, my job is something that also makes me really happy. <laughs> That's amazing because it sounds like um, you said your job is something that makes you really happy, but then it's also like you chose to focus on your zone of genius and really own in on your craft. And you're like, you were always looking for ways that you could improve, ways you could add more, more substance and et cetera. So being an editor, um, are there any challenges that you face whenever you're working with someone? Because, you know, we as creatives, like we love the work that we produce, but whenever you begin to partner with an editor, they may have other feedbacks and viewpoints that could kind of, you know, be the rift there. And you're like, okay, no, I'm telling you this from my zone of genius. And I know you have your zone of genius, but talk about that because sometimes it could be like a murky situation just from the outside looking in. Yes. You're absolutely right. It can be very challenging. And like you said, creative people can be a little stubborn. They can um, be a little all over the place. It's kind of hard to pin them down, you know, on a certain task, getting deadlines done, that kind of thing. It's great to have um, an editor who is able to help you with that aspect of the writing process. Um, but what I love to do to try and um, establish trust with people so that they know that the advice I'm giving them is always um, in their favor it's growth for them as an artist, as a writer. Um, I always start by asking them why they're writing their book. 
I, I want to know what the reason is that they're taking away from, you know, their kids or their family or their job where they could spend all of their time um, sitting down to write. It's very time consuming. It can be very lonely. Um, I want to know why they're writing that book. So whenever I start with an author, that's the very first thing we have as a foundation. Um, and then I ask them who they're writing it for. So I know exactly who their audience is. When we go through edits, okay, what, who is the one person that needs to hear this story that deserves to have the message that you're sharing here the most. And I find that if we have that foundation, um, and I'm a really good listener in that aspect of the editing process, then once we dig into each page, once they go through story arcs with me, find any plot holes, you know, develop their voice, um, they have a little bit more trust because they understand I'm coming from a space that really wants to see them succeed. So that really helps when it comes to uh, some of that resistance that's common in the editing process when someone is going through all your hard work. <laughs> I like that because then you're really getting them to be intentional on their writing. So who that's tapping into their avatar. So mm -hmm. who are you trying to market this book to? Then why? What is the mission behind the book? And is that tied to a mission that is going to drive a movement? Is it tied to a mission that is heart-centered? Is it tied to a mission that maybe it's educational, inspirational, or motivational, or whatever? But then whenever you ask them those questions, it, it brings in more clarity and focus. Would you say that's a good example? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It makes a big difference. Wow. And I think then you're, you also put the ball back in their court too, Hannah, because you're causing them to really go deeper, um, more than just the surface level, not just writing to just write and get something out the door, but just writing to make sure, yes, you're getting it out the door, but then who you're targeting is actually going to pick it up and consume it. Yes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I like how you also mentioned trust because it is a partnership. You're their editor, but they're also the creator and you have to do it together as a partnership and a collaboration in order for the book to go as far. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. So um, outside of uh, the, those challenges, what are some of the successes that you have seen? Um, what's really beautiful for me as, as an editor is I get to see an author be able to hone their craft and to learn from the suggestions that I'm giving them or um, not just what they need to fix, but how they can fix it, giving them different ideas and seeing them develop their voice. You know, by the time we get to the end of their book, I always say, go back to your first chapter and look over what you did at the beginning, because by the time you finish going through this growth process that happens in editing, all of that polishing and deepening of your story, you go back to the beginning and you go, oh my gosh, that's where I started. And this is where I am now. And I haven't even published the book yet. So they get to see this beautiful growth of who they are. Of course, if they're open <laughs> to that process and open to the critiques and being able to grow, then yes, that, that you usually happens almost all of the time. So for me, I love to sit back and that's a huge success for myself um, because I get to watch them grow as an artist and, and turn into something that they're, they're really proud of and they're confident with when they publish that too. Because I've seen too many people who um, 
who rush it, who don't go as deep as they should, that kind of thing when it comes to their story. And um, it's it's more like just uh, an expensive business card, their book. It's not a legacy. It's not something that they willingly share. It just sits on a shelf, you know, and I always want to try and avoid that with people where they want, you know, a dozen copies in the trunk of their car everywhere they go, because they're more than happy to just share that message of theirs with other people. So seeing an author gain that confidence is always like the celebration for me. <laughs> I love that because when they win, you win. And then I like how you're helping them see the transition. They went through a transition, but then it's also transformative before the book hits the market. And then they could celebrate those small, small wins as well as big wins. And then that also keeps the momentum going. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so I love that. And um, I want to throw you an audible here before I do a wild card role play, because I actually want the audience to see me put myself in the hot seat and you pick apart the synopsis of my book and you tell me what you think the book is about without me telling you. <laughs> Ooh, okay, that's fun. <laughs> so I'm going to throw you an audible to see, is there anything else you want to mention based on the work that you're doing that I may not have asked? Um, when it comes to editing specifically, I would say um, try not to, as an author, get caught up in editing things yourself too much. It's really important for you to look at your work as you go, um, figure out the story as you tell it to yourself at first and edit those things as you go along. But um, a lot of people get stuck um, going over and over what they've written for many months, even years. Um, I've worked with authors in their 60s and 70s who said, oh, I wish I had just had the guts to hand this over to somebody decades ago. And um, now they're doing it. Yes, now they're following through. But when I get to work with, with younger authors, I always say, you know, take, take that next step, take that leap of being able to send it to somebody who can make it as good as possible with you before you publish it. That way it's, it's not just sitting on your computer. Cause I, I don't want any stories dying on hard drives. I want them out there in the world. So um, make sure you find somebody you trust, someone who listens to your voice, um, who gives you constructive criticism. Those are all really good qualities in editors. So um, just just keep writing, keep moving forward. Don't don't let it just sit there. That's that's something I, I definitely want to say before we're done. <laughs> I love that. And you should be proud of your craft, y'all, because you have worked so hard on it and you never know how your book is going to touch and impact others, whether they tell you it, whether they leave you a review or not. Your story is your story and it's meant to be there, not just for you, but for others to consume and just submerge themselves in it. So be proud of who you are, be proud of your work and celebrate yourself. Yes. <laughs> so here's the wild card role play. Are you ready? Because audience, like I said, I'm putting myself in a hot seat and we're going to see how Hannah does what she does, even though this is not going to be a full thing. This is just going to be a short glimpse. So you're definitely going to have to get with her and um, see if it makes sense to work with Hannah. But we're going to give you a preview. We're not going to give you everything because this is not a come and get it all. <laughs> <laughs> so Hannah, are you ready? Yes, let's do it. Okay, so I'm going to hold up the book. So you see the cover. Can you see the cover? Yes, most of it. Okay, hold on, sorry. There you go, yes. So okay. You, oh, hold on, where is it going? 
There we go. Sorry, y'all. I'm using a virtual background today. Oh, to the palace. Got it. Okay, I can That's see the bottom. Thank you. That's the cover. And then this is the synopsis, the back of the book. So it says, what challenges in the workplace have you encountered that left you feeling as if you were mistreated? Have others who were unqualified seemingly passed you by in the ranks? In our daily lives, we are all faced with various trials, whether in the workforce or at home. However, when treated unfairly, it takes courage to stand and fight for what's right. No matter your race, nationality, ethnicity, or background, you can rise to be the game changer. When you use the power of your voice, you shake the atmosphere and cause a domino effect because others will choose to either follow suit or stand in solidarity. On the pages of Chocolate Drop in Corporate America, Genesis has chosen to speak up for not only minorities, but also anyone who has been slighted on the job in any way. From her personal testimony, you will learn how speaking up brought awareness so that long lasting change could be made. We do not win by remaining silent, overlooking injustice and continuing to practice poor judgment. We win by standing together, engaging in those difficult conversations and helping one another. Let's work together to create change for future generations to come. Beautiful. Okay, so pick me apart. Pick apart the book. <laughs> okay. Um, I love how you start your synopsis with questions because it's always good to inquire directly to the reader about something that they might resonate with. So that's an excellent way to start things. Uh, if, if I had to have written the back of it or worked on the back of it with you, I would have told you to make it shorter. Uh, I do think that it's a lot and you might be giving away a little too much um, compared to what they can discover in the book themselves, um, especially the last couple bit. I think it's important to have one or two sentences, maybe that's your promise to the reader of what they're going to learn, what they're going to walk away from. Um, but if you give too much of that away, then I feel like they don't have as much incentive of um, that mystery that's left behind that, that makes them open it and say, okay, well, it, how exactly is she? going to help me with that. Um, so that that would be something that I would do. Um, and then I would question, I would ask you a question too, where um, do you have teaching principles in the book um, where you take a moment to teach them different tools that they can use in life? Or is it just your, your story specifically that you're sharing? Yes. So I do have teaching uh, teaching moments. So I have, I think, two in the book. And then at the end of the book, I have a discovery exercise called Who Am I? And the reason why I say Who Am I is because growing up in school, so many people ask, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? When you grow up? But no one took the time to ask a young person, who do you want to be? Mm, nice. I like that. Okay. I think that's really strong because right now, anyway, I've, I've noticed with my most recent authors is that um, it's, it's not necessarily full memoirs that sell really well um, because, you know, usually you have to be really, really famous to get a lot of attention with a good memoir. But if you weave in teaching principles like that, where every so often you stop and you are giving the example from your life and using it to teach the reader a specific practical thing that they can then use and implement in their life, it changes everything as far as how well a book like that can sell. So if you emphasize that a little bit more on the back, 
back and show people that it's not just your story, but if you use keywords like that as far as tools, um, practical ways to implement them, how they're going to help you directly, um, then that kind of pulls people in with just your story that's unique in itself, and then how can it help me at the same time? So that balance really helps a lot when you're describing a, a book. Amazing, y'all. And see, that was amazing feedback that Hannah gave me. And I wish I would have known Hannah back then before my book came out, but hindsight is twenty twenty. And if she could just do that in just a short amount of time with me, imagine what she can do for you whenever you hire Hannah and you work together as a partnership. So I love that she gave me constructive uh, criticism based on, yes, I like how you opened with questions. Then she told me to condense it. Then I also heard her tell me, okay, at the end of the book, leave a little mystery there. So what I heard was maybe you should end with a cliffhanger that will cause them to open the contents of the book. And whenever I say open the contents, just don't open them in the store, but actually buy the book and submerge yourself in the literary inside of the book. And then another thing that we didn't talk about is the cover. So I've learned from experience is that a cover can make or break the book. So the name of my book is called Chocolate Drop in Corporate America, which could be controversial for some. But if you really are intentional looking at the cover, you'll see that there was a world in the background that where where I mean that these issues with diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging don't just happen here in America, but they happen worldwide. There's different um, profession professionals on the cover of the book. There's different races because in order to be diverse, equitable, inclusive, and belonging, it takes everyone coming together. So even though the name depicts one thing, the cover is also showing that, okay, is it really about Blacks in corporate America? Because the cover is alluding to something else. Then I say from the pit to the palace, because everyone has been through a dark season in their life, but it's not about staying in the dark season, but how do you come into your palace? And Hannah's palace and her castle is going to look different than mine's, and that's okay, but we each go through trials and tribulations, which are the failures that lead to our success, and our success could be tied to our palace, but it's our personal journey, and how are we navigating it? So I tell people, I've the cover of your book should also be intentional and you should have a vision for the cover of the book, but you should also work with a graphic artist who can deliver the vision that you have, but they, they should also give you feedback based on their zone of genius and say, well, I don't really think that cover represents the mis message that you're conveying. And then Hannah comes in and she does the editing part based on what you told me who, uh, based on who you're writing for and your why you need to tweak this. So Hannah, would you say, by doing that exercise that it kind of helps tie, tie together the work that you're doing. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you put it that way. It, it does make a big difference. <laughs> okay, so now let's jump into the CTA part of the segment, which is the call to action. What is your call to action for the audience today once they hear this recording? Well, what I always love to do is just talk to people for free, <laughs> just be able to sit down and let them know that their voice matters, that their story matters, that what they have to share is, is something that deserves to be out there in the world. It could make a difference to people you don't even know yet. So I, I would never dream of being able to charge somebody just to talk about that. So one of my favorite things is just having people go to my website and being able to sign up just for a free call to be able to talk with me about 
about what kind of goals they want to have with their writing, what kind of doors they want their book to open, um, even if they haven't written a lot yet. Um, sometimes that helps just give them direction, inspiration, that kind of thing. So I invite you uh, to look at castlelionediting.com. Um, there's several places on there. You can learn all about me, the projects I'm working on, the different things that I do. Um, and we can talk anytime just to see what you have to share and, and any way I could help. And Hannah, are you on any social media platforms? And if so, what is your primary platform you hang out on? Uh, right now, I have a pretty even balance between a, a Facebook page and Instagram page. Um, so Facebook is really easy. It's also Castle Lion Editing. And Lion, um, by the way, is L-Y-O-N. So you can find me easily that way. Um, and my Instagram kind of couples with my business account and my personal account. So you're going to see a lot of those little elven sprites of daughters that I have. <laughs> and that is um, at LadyLion19 is where you can find me there. Amazing. And Hannah, I want to thank you so much for just coming into the community today, sharing more about your background, doing a quick role play exercise that was a wild card. You had no idea we were doing that. And just really for helping other creatives really ignite their creative journey and help them reach the level of success that they want to be at by partnering their zone of genius with yours. Audience, Make sure you like, comment, follow, and subscribe. We're on 40 plus platforms. You could also see the recording to this video on our YouTube channel by going to GEMS, G-E-M-S, with Genesis of Mars Camp. All of Hannah's contact information will be in the show notes. So all you need to do is read, scroll on down, and tap in with Hannah. Take her up on that offer. Have a chat with her. Learn how... You can take your creative ideas that are in your head, get them onto paper and get them out into the universe for other people to consume. And lastly, but not least, where would I be without my supporters? You know, I only think about you. I want to thank each one of you for tuning in on a regular basis to support the guests that I bring into the community, as well as the mission of bringing content that is educational, inspirational, and motivational, while we also bridge the gap for diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, because it does take all of us coming together to make this world a better place, because we are here to make imprints, but our imprints are to drive impacts. So that brings me to a big ask. We are looking for band sponsors. It is paid sponsorship, and you can find out more info by going to genesisomarscamp.net or sending me an email to genesisomarscamp at gmail.com. We're currently ranked in the top 2% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per the metrics on www.listennotes.com is where you can fact check me. So until the next guest, next episode, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Don't stop creating. Be you because you were authentically created for a purpose and on purpose. So embrace that and don't ever let somebody dull your light or dim your shine. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform as well as our YouTube channel. 
GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.